Hey, 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 it's me, Katie here. Grab a notebook, add a cuppa, and join me in the Sociology Staff Room. Hello, and welcome to the Sociology Staff Room. I'm Katie Tyler, and I'm here to talk to two sort of, I don't know, wealth of experience within teaching, I suppose, and learning and sociology. Uh, between you've got sort of 31 years of experience of teaching sociology, uh, both uh, being heads of department or currently heads of um, sociology. Uh, I know you're a senior tutor, Stuart. You've also been involved, uh, Sunny, in working with the BSA as well. So, you know, we've got huge experience. I know, Stuart, you sort of have got background as well with mentoring uh, ECTs. I add on to that something you've got been working with TMI cons as well so we've got a huge not only just from a sociology perspective but also a pedagogic perspective as well and sort of really understand how sociology has changed really over the last sort of 16 years between you um obviously we've gone from having coursework to not having coursework to sort of module exams I think of all the things I've experienced as well in that time to now where we are with linear exams so you sort of can talk from a range of perspectives and obviously work with lots of different people. So first of all, thank you for coming and spending your time on a November cold evening talking to me. No problem at all. <laughs> oh, brilliant, thank you. So I'm gonna go straight in. I've got lots and lots of questions and obviously today's um, podcast is about growing sociology as an option subject. And you've probably seen sort of in the press that sociology is increasing in popularity um, over the last sort of five years. It's become increasingly popular, but there's always still room to improve the popularity of the subject and obviously I'm sure you agree that sociology is so important so my first question is to you Stuart you know why is it important to still keep on offering sociology as an option subject why is sociology so imperative for us as teachers to be teaching within the school do you think I think I think that the key thing for me with sociology is that the breadth of skills that the students develop as they study the course and mm. um, the, the variety of social issues that they study, whether it's poverty, whether it's racism, um, to study perspectives and to understand things from uh, different views as well, really provides them with really good grounding. And if, if you look at that from a, a GCSE perspective, um, and the young guys that are picking up GCSE sociology, it provides them with such a context to like the national picture, the local picture. Um, and for me, that that that's why it's so important. It just provides so much for these these young young guys as they as they're starting their kind of key stage four, and of course their key stage five journeys. The big bit for me as well is from a school perspective. Um, a lot of students that study sociology, you tend to see that their behaviour, their engagement is pretty good. Um, they enjoy the subject in a general sense, and um, I really do feel that it's a subject that provides a an opportunity for anyone to access regardless of ability. Oh, it's a lot of range of ideas. I'll already pick you up on the, I mean, it seems probably, I didn't, again, I'm, you know, it seems obvious, but not obvious. And so as you said, about them being worldly, about them having a sort of a range of skills. It's the fact that the one I thought was interesting that sort of, and I saw Sonny's body language and that comes to you as well in a minute on that, is the way that it sort of encourages students to be better students within the school. Um, yeah. Why do you think that might be? And obviously you've, you've experienced that, I assume, in your environment where you learn, where you teach them at the moment, where students are. Why do you think that might be? I think it provides a, an access point. I think if they're, they're choosing the subject at GCSE, they're choosing it at A-level, it's something new, it's something fresh. And then actually, as they begin to look into the lessons, a lot of lessons that you teach can be relatable to the modern contemporary world and I do feel that it provides students with that kind of new fresh kind of environment new fresh opportunity and for me it just it, it, it 
the stigma or the challenges that they've had with other subjects are kind of gone um, and they get an element, mat- element of maturity to it, to it, I'd say as well. Yeah, I think it's also been, I mean, yeah, I definitely see that element, but I think of some of the sort of students I've taught in the past, and I think it's twofold. I think, like what you said, I think it's that getting to see things from fresh perspective, but maybe as well being asked their opinion on something. I know we look through things through theory at GCSE, but still that chance of like, oh, you're really asking me about whether education is fair or not. You know, you're like, and they're like looking around going, am I allowed to talk about this? Is this, is this okay? I noticed Sunny, you were nodding there in agreement, I, I assume. Uh, what, yeah. Why do you think sociology is so important then to teach uh, and to uh, well, still keep in as option? It, it's funny, one, uh, first of all, you were using some words there that I've noted down on my own little crib sheet here that I wanted to mention, like kind of getting rid of the stigma that's attached with the with the subject. I think uh, with sociology, it's it's a really important uh, subject to offer on a curriculum at Key Stage 4 or at Key Stage 5 because it does contextualise the world in which they're living in right now. And I, you know, beyond subjects such as PSHE, which if you're lucky is on a once a fortnight rotation, there's not much opportunity to really talk about uh, things to do with identity, things to do with culture, things to do with social issues that are affecting them as individuals on a, on a micro scale. Um, I also think the, you know, just to build on that idea of moving the stigma, one of the, the problems with sociology, say when it's only offered at Key Stage 5, as opposed to earlier on in year, well, whether it's year nine or year 10, depending on the school, it's that demystifying what the subject's actually about. Lots of students end up um, choosing it because they think it's one thing, but actually it's another. And I think it's important that schools recognise the value that sociology has, because actually, more often than not, what I find is those students who do take sociology key stage four it's a second chance for them maybe they really didn't like history and they really didn't like geography or rs for whatever reason that might be i can think of a few but it's uh it's 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 that idea of being able to start again and start again within the humanities and the idea that it is a subject with lots more complexities to it in terms of the things it deals with the issues it deals with but also a really big thing for me why it's an important subject because of the, the soft skills it develops um such as listening such as empathy such as being able to see hold different perspectives in your head and actually kind of navigate the world of problem solving with those different perspectives all happening at the same time yeah definitely the sort of lots sort of critical thinking skills i don't want to pick up with something you just said there which is about this sort of discipline um, I'm saying it, demystifying the subject and the stigmas attached to it. Now, I've sort of alluded to this in other podcasts that I've spoken to before about sort of these stigmas and how that they can sometimes impact on, you know, the imposter syndrome of some of the teachers. Um, and also the idea that sometimes it's given to people that maybe not non-specialists because there is this sort of like, oh, well, it's just it's just a knowledge or whatever, going back to sort of that 1980s reference, you know, with regards to a sort of twofold thing, is how how would you recommend we erode that segment? Is it bringing it in at key stage four? Um, and I suppose I want to pick up on that. Like, obviously, we want to grow a subject, but is, are there issues on that? Um, but my sort of first initial question is, how do we go about, you know, sort of showing social for what it really is rather than what sort of maybe popular culture might think it is? I'll, I'll stick with you, Sunny, on this, because obviously you mentioned the stigma idea. What, what do you do? What do you recommend to sort of break that? Down so, a little bit more. I think from my point of view, 
so uh, I'm 15, 16 years in now teaching, and I've found myself in a very, very fortunate and lucky position. I now work in a school where I'm not the only sociology teacher, and I mean that in the sense of has a degree and is trained to teach the subjects. There is there is a two-person team, and we are both qualified sociologists. So in that respect, I'm very fortunate, and I'm very conscious of that. If I was to go back to the days when I was teaching sociology alongside an array of uh, people who taught a second subject, such as science or PE or art or drama or English, you know, in terms of being successful when you have a second teacher who is not a sociology specialist, it has got to be about investing time in them as a person uh, in terms of building up their subject understanding and their subject knowledge and also building in time to actually meet with them. Uh, you know, that's always going to be difficult, especially if they're in a subject like science or English, where, let's face it, that subject is always going to take precedent. But being able to meet with that with that other member of staff at least once a fortnight to be able to go through things like subject knowledge or to go be able to alleviate any issues around uh, gaps in knowledge or ways to go about marking, I think it's an awful lot about systems that you have in place as the specialist in the department and as more often than not probably the head of department as well that you are really setting up a system that allows the the other person to feel supported because they are the one that will be leaning on you mm-hmm. and you've got to be able to one know your subject knowledge incredibly well but also uh, have enough capacity to be able to offer yourself time to that person. Um, there's an, a, there was a, uh, a colleague who I used to work with years and years ago who was a, I worked with him, uh, he was a geography teacher and he taught sociology alongside me. And he used to say, teaching uh, GCSE or A-level when you're a two-person department, let's say the subject specialist is a plus one. Yeah. at worst what you want is the other person to be a zero <laughs> yeah. because if you end up in a situation where they're a minus one then you've got a plus one and a minus one and it's kind of negating any kind of progress of being made and and when he said that to me that and that was really early on in my days as a head of department it got me thinking so much about not just the subject but your ability to lead people who are not specialists and and what do you need in place to be both plus ones Mm, definitely definitely and I suppose it's that thing of growing that subject how do you grow subject when maybe that person feels confident in helping you grow that so actually you've got to be there and in order to support that person so you talk about demystifying it from a sort of a teacher perspective and we come to you Stuart I was thinking more about as well to do with parents you know like often some parents we might we might be I suppose most of us they would have taken us most schools now would have um maybe or in the process of doing their taster days potentially to their year 11s going into year 12s and then maybe after christmas it's going to be to year nines going into year 10s and sometimes the parents may may not but some parents might say well what worth does that have to my student what career can my child get of doing sociology how do we respond to that because obviously you know in in outside the school environment there's this well, what is sociology what's the merit of doing it what would be your response Stuart to that to those sort of challenging questions i think i think you, when you're looking at selling selling sociology uh, to, to parents uh, the, the key really is being clear and just fair and objective in the information that you present um the biggest danger you'd have as a teacher or as a department is to really 
you know, overplay what sociology is to the point where you're trying to draw anyone in to, to study the subject. Um, I can understand why departments and, and, and teachers are under some pressure to get, shall we say, bums on seats to study particular subjects. But I think the key thing is, is selling the subject objectively, stating what we're going to be studying during the course and making sure you emphasise like, the importance on essay writing, there'll be links to methods. And by talking about that, talking about the links it has with other subjects, so the extended writing, of course, plays uh, good links with, with English language and, and literature, the ability to use sources, ties in well with history, the ability to understand methodology and how to conduct research, which, which of course would apply to subjects such as geography. And I think that the key thing is when you're talking about the subject is that you are really presenting it in a fair but optimistic way. Um, I've worked with colleagues and I've seen other schools where they've really tried to overplay what sociology is. And it looks great when you've got the numbers, but the reality is that you've got to deal with that when it comes to September. And one tip I'd ever give to a teacher is if there's a student at GCSE who you would love to have in your A-level class, you know, you really want them with you, but they're not keen on studying sociology despite your attempts, don't do any more. Don't twist the arm to the point where they're going to be with you in September because they are often the students that become the problem a bit further down the line. Um, and, and you've got to think about your capacity. You know, what do you have as a team? You know, as Sonny said, if, is it a two-person team? Is it a bigger team? What is the capacity that you have as a department to make sure that your timetables are full? Um, if you go too big, too far, you're, you're drawing in non-specialists. You, you're perhaps going to go from potentially 10 lessons a fortnight down to eight or potentially seven with other people filling in gaps. So you've really got to be smart. But to me, to sell the subject, um, the students are key. The, the six formers, the year 11, speaking to other students. We, we had a, an open evening um, just last week and the majority of the selling and the, and the conversations about the course came from the students. So if I was to give kind of any advice, it would be not to overplay what sociology is. It's not going to change the world. It's not the most exciting thing every day. It's not debates every lesson. It's not videos every day. And, and, and try and present some reality behind it because mm. it can be a dangerous thing that you, you can create a real problem for yourself if you're not careful. Yeah. Okay, listen, I look at Sonny, he's going, yep, yep, yep. I remember when I was oh, first yeah. really, like, young teacher, not that I'm not young, yes. but when I was young, I was like, I, I wanted Yeah, I wanted everyone to take sociology. And I remember, yeah, exactly. you know, I've got, I'm not so but obviously it's, it's not about social students can or can't do it, but I was like mm. really sort of over-offered the subject. I was hugely optimistic and then sort of forgot to tell them about the essay writing, like the fact that they have to write, mm. you know, Four essays or whatever it might be in the, the coursework back then as well and and then yeah. um and the same at a level but so like yeah definitely my narrative is very different i actually started two questions i go what some questions for you and they because sociology is about asking questions and they were like okay um do you like working hard my was my first question do you like working hard and then i tell them why because of the fact i've got essays and do you like asking questions because some students like to know don't they like you know mm. one plus one is two whatever it is and so actually the debate is it really that interesting for them? And they're like, oh, no, I don't really like this. And, it, and it's much them knowing what they don't want to do as much as them knowing what they do want to do as well. I feel like Sonny, like, definitely has something to say extra to that. Like, I'm smirking because it, it's great when you get to speak to other people who are heads of departments for sociology, work in sociology, because it's often a, you know, it's a lonely subject to teach more often than not up and down the country because you might be the only sociologist teaching it. 
or you might actually just be a one man or a one woman band. So that ability to hear some of those same stories is always, you know, a really nice thing to hear. And, you know, even after 15, 16 years ago, oh yeah, that's nice. That feels nice to be reassured by that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think sometimes we sort of question it, isn't it? I think sort of the thing you, I think what I'm guessing or taking away, not guessing, but taking away from what Stuart's saying, it's that balancing act between one, being optimistic that you have recruitment for students, so you've got that viability of your course, balanced with the capacity within your faculty that you don't lose the hours and you end up teaching drama because you're stretching the sociology across lots more people, but that you end up doing like, I don't know, drama once a week or whatever. That's what I did, actually quite enjoyed that, actually. Um, one lesson a week. Um, and, then, and then balanced with the idea of having suitable students that actually, particularly, I suppose, let's say for A-level was an issue because obviously there's a course requirements potentially in place, but also, um, from like particularly GCSE levels, because obviously GCSE, are, I don't know, my sort of gut feeling, and this is not to tell anyone that's thinking of bringing GCSE in, it, it's hard, isn't it? It's a hard GCSE. It's not, you know, four essays is is a lot of a lot of work to get in that sort of time period. So I think the sort of sort of real ask on students. So again, it's getting all those balancing balancing elements in place. If we say did want to recruit sociology and like grow it, I know we talked about this honesty to, to students. What things have you put in place over between you know, your last sort of 15, 16 years of, of teaching sociology? Obviously, you've got the open evenings. Obviously, it's about using students. Obviously, it's about recruiting smartly. But are there any things that you've looked at in your own experience thought, do you know what's really, really worked in growing my numbers? And I have got the capacity to have more students. I've got the staffing in place. I've got the rooms available. That's another thing, actually. Yeah. It's all really good. And then you're like, I haven't even got a classroom to do this in, and I want to be at 20 different classrooms in the fortnight just to get this tool. Um, you know, Sunny, is there anything you've you've looked at in your experiences that you brought in for that that's really helped sort of increase numbers, say, from a, a one class option in year 12 to a two or three class option? Yeah, I'm just so I know I've said it, I'm going to echo exactly what Stuart said there about, you know, growing too quickly can be a damaging thing. It's about growing in a sustainable way. Um, in terms of things that, uh, you know, I think I've over those years I've done to try and increase from say one class to two class or two class to three class. And again, I count myself really, really lucky to be in a school currently where there are two sociology teachers. We have three sociology classes at GCSE in 10 and 11 and two at A level. So, you know, how have, how has that school done it versus how have other, other schools I've worked at have done it? At the school where I work at now, how has it managed to get those kind of numbers? Because it does have specialists in place and it does have people who know the subject inside and out and have studied it to a degree level, which gives students confidence in, in being able to, to deliver it. Um, at other schools, though, where let's say that hasn't been quite possible, um, it's in, you know, there's been lots of things like enrichment, uh, enrichment opportunities, uh, trips out, things to do with um, studying sociology, like a classic one in, in East London is the uh, Museum of Childhood, which links, uh, links to the family's unit. Um, it's also about those other things I mentioned earlier, which are about upskilling your staff. And, and that gives confidence to students to know, you know, it's an interesting one because the schools I've worked in prior to the one I'm in right now, people have all students have always known I am the only sociology teach trained sociology teacher, and the other person is not. They are 
an RE teacher by trade. Um, but when they start to hear stories from other students in that class about how good the quality first teaching is there, it really does go a long way to kind of spread that message across not just the students, but also, you know, that's then taken back home and that helps to bring a degree of confidence in in students in those younger students going, okay, I'm gonna take GCSE or yeah, I'm gonna I'm going to take A level. Um I think what's also um interesting and I think it only works when you've got an awful lot of things in place. Uh, so the school where I work at now is probably an example of where there are so many firm foundations that you can then stretch it and get, you know, go from a one A level class to a second A level class. Um, it's um, for me, it's been stuff like doing the podcast with students and giving them ownership. So they choose a topic that links to something that we've talked about uh, that has been taught and they go and do a bit of research and and then I hold a, a podcast uh, style conversation with them and they've got to hold their own in, in that in that 10 to 15 minute conversation around whatever said topic it is. Um, and that's been you know a great opportunity for young people to one celebrate the successes they're having in the subject, but to also kind of hold up as a bit of a, a flag to younger year groups and go, look, this, this kid has done this and this has then led on to X, Y, Z. Um, and, and I really use that as a, as a, as a benchmark of success in getting that second class or a third class, because nothing is better than good news breeding more good news. And, and that and that just really helps to to sell the subject and it helps to to give as I say confidence to students to be like okay I trust this I trust this subject yeah. I trust people who are delivering this subject yeah you've mentioned the word trust quite a lot actually in that not only the sort of expertise of the teachers but obviously the word of of current students and I suppose their sort of success in regards to um I know you've not mentioned sort of grades, but you were talking about sort of the podcast and then being able to deliver it. I suppose all that sort of, like you said, the good news spreads good, more good news. Is there anything Stuart, that you sort of bring into place that you, or you have put, brought into place, other, anything extra that you, you do or anything different potentially? I remember at my current school, I had a four year period of time where I was away, but um, when I was originally um, at, at Shambrook, um, we, we started with just the two classes in year 10 and the two classes in year 11. Um, and by the time I, I left, we got to a position where we actually had five classes in wow. uh, year 10 and four classes yeah. in year 11, um, wow. which was a, it was, it was a huge transition. And um, it was the, it was a really a team effort where we, we, we got to that point. Um, from my side, the big thing that was the the, the win, if you want to call it that, I thought um, having schemes of work plans of delivery that were consistently followed by everyone. So teachers didn't necessarily go off on the you know the old days, the ad hoc bits and pieces. It was followed with a system and a structure. Um, and if you're teaching topics, my advice would be to make sure that you co-teach the topic rather than one person doing one topic and the other person teaching another topic. Um, Sonny made a really good point about meeting with uh, the, the teachers that you're working with. And if you can have that collaboration and conversation, you are able to kind of keep on track and, and keep things together. If you can do that, the students get a very similar experience when they're speaking outside of class, they're having similar assessment times, there's a constant message. For me, that's a, that's a big thing, particularly as it starts to grow. Um, if you're going bigger than two people, you really need to make sure that's in place. 
Um, trips are amazing. Uh, certainly alluded to the one in London there, which sounded really exciting. Um, we've historically done a trip to Luton Crown Court, um, a summer summer uh, trip, which we did with the end of year 12, um, to prepare them for the year 13 crime and deviance module, which has been really, really popular historically. The other things that we do do is get some guest speakers in. Um, so political figures, uh, activists of different types, uh, people involved in charities, people that are speaking on themes that are relevant um, to the course. We used to do it as part of kind of the timetable. We'd find a time where they could come in and speak to the students. We now do it as an enrichment opportunity where it's after school on a particular day where um, students will come. And of course, some teachers that are particularly excited with the, with the topic. Um, and for me, then experiences and the consistency for me are really quite big things that will just allow students to see what it is without this kind of one person leading the show, you need almost a, a collaborative team effort. Mm, so many, so many interesting things you just said. They were sort of taking it all on board, and you know, sort of like that. I, I think your, um, sort of Sonny sort of alluded to the word sort of trust. I was talking about that, and you sort of talking about the word consistency. I think them two things together really sort of are a perfect create that perfect combination. And I think, like you said, that idea of what the experience they get in one lesson sort of has to be the same. And I think that then feeds back into that trust and that's what um, uh, Sonny was basically saying as well. There's lots of things and I could go on forever. I could literally go, because there's like things that you sort of came into my head and I was like, oh, do you know what? I think that's really interesting. And the trips as well, you know, that sort of, that news gets around really, really quickly as well. So one thing I'm sort of final, so final word, is do if you haven't if because obviously i think both of you brought so if you've got it in at gcse i know that you have if you got it in at gcse as well sunny um yeah, the, yeah. so as you said so this sort of question really is obviously i know you've done you have brought it in um for the teachers that are teaching currently just at a level um or potentially those that are bring just got it at gcse potentially but that's sort of less common but i know there are sort of i suppose what's one strength of doing it, sort of final point, what's bringing it in, what's the strength, but maybe what might be sort of an area of caution just sort of in hindsight. Um, start with, with you, Stuart. I think the, the it's an exciting opportunity. I think, I think the curriculum, although there's been changes to the curriculum historically, the key themes are always there. The key perspectives are always there. There are plenty of resources that you can access that you can bring into your teaching and learning. There are contemporary examples you can use. There are historical examples you can use. There's so much that you can access and you can use in your in your um, teaching and learning. The the danger is that I think alluded to earlier the overselling, the overcommunication. This is what it's going to be. It's going to be amazing. Please do it. When that happens, there's the dangers that are associated with that. So it's almost like you want to build it kind of organically. You want it to grow over time. Um, and consult experts like don't neglect people that are on social media the tutor to you page on facebook you know different areas where you can ask for help do so because there's so much out there that can be accessed i oh, think that's that. yeah yeah no it's, it's that thing i think it's that cautionary tale of yeah guess you want the numbers but i think that's really wise to sort of be careful as well at the same time but so um sunny sort of those people thinking of maybe bringing it in at gcse or potentially A-level that aren't at the moment, sort of any sort of final tips for them? I think the big thing is definitely the overselling, but it, but it's also when you want to grow a subject, I best bit of information I ever got from my line manager when I first took on as a HOD role was sometimes it's okay to take a backward step to go forward. And 
And when I when I first took over as a HOD from a, uh, for sociology, which at the time had four classes, actually those four classes were were not doing well at all, at all. Is the, the honest answer because there were wrong pieces in wrong places, and, and actually sometimes taking that step backwards in order to get the stability that's needed for a subject to grow is. Is, is is way more way more better for your own sense of well-being in terms of being a hod really? and also and also showing yourself that you know progress in terms of your own development as a manager of, of a subject area doesn't have to be oh i've got five classes it can be i have got two classes that are achieving very well academically speaking and enjoying the subject um i think the my only other piece of advice with kind of you know introducing it at GCSE if you only have it at A level is probably not underestimating, especially with AQA exam board, uh, probably how much new information has been introduced into there and how much of it probably does at times feel like you're repeating at A level. But um, it's something just worth bearing in mind and thinking about how are you going to differentiate that that story from key stage four to key stage five and show the progress of, you know, of, uh, you know, if you're teaching edu- sociology of education at GCSE, how exactly is that different to teaching sociology of education at key stage five and being clear to yourself and the team that is working with you that this is the, this is how we are differentiating between this at key stage four and this at key stage five. Oh, definitely. So the one of the image that's coming to my head is that, that learning journey thing that, you know, the yeah. thing. But then as much as like, oh, it's another thing we have to do, actually, I thought that was quite a helpful activity because you sort of actually go, oh, actually, yeah, like this makes sense. Although, yeah, so the debating that in itself, but that sort of year 10 into year 11, into year 13, and hopefully for some going into university and maybe even further than that, it's that that linear journey and showing that progress so thank you for your time lots of questions lots of people lots of things to think about i like i like all the little sort of sound bites that you've given so i appreciate it. i like sort of um i gonna take that away from you and i hope other people will find it useful as much as i have so thank you for your time and um all the best for the next academic year we're in this, we're in that time aren't we now november is there is refer this as the engine of the year and it definitely feels like that so also take time for that work-life balance as well and thank you for your time Thank you, Sally. Thank you, Stuart. Thank you. Take care and good evening. The Sociology Stuff Room is brought to you by tutor to you Sociology. Find us at tutor2u.net forward slash sociology or follow us on Twitter at tutor2usoc or Instagram at tutor2usoc. You can also join our very lively Facebook groups for sociology teachers. See you soon.